Hey everybody, it is AJ and Coleman back for the Two Chaps Pod. Hopefully you were able to get both parts, or maybe you listened to one long part on Spotify and Apple of What is a Man, but tonight we're ready to throw down a little bit of wisdom, and we thought tonight it would be great to talk about wise words, because we know, and we're going to talk from Proverbs, that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. And so throughout our lives, what are some of what's some of that great advice that we have been given? So I'm going to turn it over to you, Coleman, to start in Proverbs 1, okay. where we kind of want to kick this off and we'll get right into that nurture of the living. Sounds good. Um, to tie it into kind of why we thought this would follow after what is a man, when we talked about the creation story, and we emphasized, you know, God's order, God's design, God's plan, that it's all there. And that that plan goes through even the fall. So there is wisdom that is within that that goes through the fall as well. And so that was part of the, the discussion and uh, prelude to this episode, this or however many episodes it ends up being. <laughs> yeah, correct. We'll find out. But wisdom is something that can be, uh, to a certain degree, perceived in nature itself. I mean, when a, a man and a woman get together and they have a child, there's wisdom that comes with that of, okay, I'm supposed to take care of this child. Oh, now, man. getting better at that wisdom <laughs> is is difficult. And Oh, I remember that. that. that yeah, and, and that is as much and as much wisdom as there is out there from other people correct until you're actually in the situation and you have to go okay what's the wise choice yeah i mean it's uh but that's that's kind of the the fun in this but that's also i mean it's yeah. the trying thing as well um so do you, you remember to... when rachel told you you were pregnant for the first time uh yes i do it was, how did you react uh i mean i was happy sure uh it was like okay this is real uh <laughs> we're you know it's like this is what we got married for. I mean, not. I mean, sure, yeah. It, 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 we knew this would be a potential yeah. in marriage, and so when she said, "Yeah," and it was pretty, pretty quick, quickly after we got married. So, I just I, remember when Jess told me, I was elated because I've always just wanted to be a dad, mm -hmm. but at the same time, and I think these like it wasn't even mixed emotions, but it was mixed thoughts. Yep. Going through, like, I'm so happy, but oh, crap, what is about to hit us, right? Yeah. And yeah. That, that I think that was, like, playing a battle on my face because Jess was like, <laughs> you're not really reacting how I thought you would react. And I'm like, no, you got to understand. Like, I'm super happy, but I'm at the same time going, uh, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, this is a big deal. We are responsible uh, for a human life at this point. Yes, exactly. That is the perfect – it is a tension of this yeah. – like ecstatic joy, but then all of a sudden, wow, responsibility just went yeah. way up. And and I just remember asking somebody, like, how, like, how do you know, like, how do you know what, what is right, like, what to do, right, like, not in the big things, right? Like theologically, we got that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we can read the Bible, we know truth, but like, just the day to day dad stuff, like, how yeah. do you know, like, what? And someone just told me they were like, listen. You just do it. It just yeah. like almost comes like naturally. And yeah. I was like, okay, if that's really like, I'm the kind of guy that's 
practiced my whole life, right? For yep. game time. Like I mm-hmm. growing up in sports, it was never the event without the practice <laughs> right. first. And now the event was coming with no practice. Right. I didn't even have home ec in high school where I got to carry around a sack of potatoes for a week mm-hmm. to make sure I didn't smash them, right? <laughs> so it was like <laughs> I was like, Okay, here we go. We'll just figure it out as we go. But yeah. yeah but this wisdom I think is important. Yeah. And hopefully we can drop some nuggets for you. Yeah. Well, and I'll start with this one because I think it ties to all of this. And one of the, this is a piece of wisdom that I read and has been repeated numerous times. But um, so uh, CFW Walther is, mm-hmm. he was the first president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, which is the uh, denomination that I'm affiliated with. And he has this really, uh, but it's it's like his magnum opus, uh, the proper distinction of law and gospel. Anyways, it goes through how to read the Bible and stuff. It's a great book, uh, worth checking out. Not everything in there I agree with, but it is definitely insightful into like how to see the relationship between the law and the gospel, what that does to a person. But one of the things that he says in it about learning that art of distinguishing law and gospel is that it comes through experience and the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I really think, I mean, he means it exactly for uh, just the the topic of law and gospel, distinguishing those two. But it's a really a profound statement in terms of life itself. Sure. You know, you, you receive from the Holy Spirit through the word, through God's word. I mean, that's where wisdom comes from. And then it's experience actually applying that into life. Well, God's word tells us be fruitful and multiply. Okay. And then... It does give us wisdom on, you know, and that's that's kind of what we're going to talk about in Proverbs, how to raise children. But until you're actually there meeting it and praying for the Holy Spirit to continue to guide you to do the right things. Yeah, it's like, okay, this is, well, it it is an act of faith, just like marriage, just like Mm -hmm. your job, just anything that you do. You're trusting that God has put you in this position to do it and that he's going to help you. Uh, with that. But so we'll start with uh, Proverbs one was kind of the text that we were yeah. going to consider. And and again, uh, as I kind of alluded to in our uh, the beginning of our uh, what is a man discussion, that this is we're obviously coming at it from a scriptural Christian worldview. But Proverbs itself, while the complete understanding of it is this is wisdom ultimately about Christ um, and about what he has done for he is the wisdom of God, there is still, uh, these are reflections on the world itself and how things generally go. So there is practical wisdom, even for the non-believer. Hopefully the non-believer comes to the point of saying, wait a second, this isn't about just this world and me, but it's actually about Christ who fulfills all this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even with that, the the words of wisdom from Solomon are, are helpful and can, are very practical and applicable in daily life. So, but we're we're starting in uh, Proverbs chapter one. And there's just the the first few verses there really highlight the whole theme of the book of Proverbs and, and kind of what we're going to be discussing tonight. So, uh, I'll just read it. Uh, Proverbs chapter one: The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. To receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. 
Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, Wisdom. Yeah. And, and we think about nurture. We've covered this in uh, several things. But it is about nurturing the living. Well, when you live life, we have to make wise decisions. And that begins with the fear of the Lord. And that is that incorporates all of what he's revealed in Scripture. Again, fundamentally, the order of creation, that there is an order and intent and a purpose to this, that God didn't just make us so that we flounder around, Correct. but that it yeah. actually has a plan and design for us. And that's I know this often gets you know misquoted, um, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you. Yeah. So a lot of people take that as, oh, that means I'm going to be, you know, rich and famous yeah. or whatever. Correct. No, the the plan is that God has made you. God has sent a savior for you to redeem you and that God will bring you to be with him at the end of all time. Yes. And that everything in between is still from him, but it's recognizing that he is the giver of good gifts and thanking him for those and returning to him when things don't seem to be going so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. I, I don't know. I <clears throat> I hate to get bumper stickery, if that's <laughs> even a term, right? Mm-hmm. But there is some element of like bumper sticker isms that I think can help. Maybe not theologically, because most theological bumper stickers are heretical in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Like, right. you know, God will never give you more than you can handle. If you have that on the back of your car, cross it off because it's not <laughs> true. Okay, Um, that's a whole nother podcast. It's a whole nother episode. We are not getting into that or touching it with the 10 foot pole. But I think it would be nice and it would be cool for everybody that's listening. Like the two chaps, what are some of the wisest words that, you know, we've ever heard? Well, obviously we have our words from scripture and and that, but there have been other people who have been placed in our lives who have probably given with nuggets of wisdom that have impacted us in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, uh, the one that I, that still sticks with me and I'm not sure why, maybe it was because of the position of the person who said it, but as I told you, I've served in, um, active duty as a special forces medical sergeant and my team sergeant, who was a master sergeant in E8, um, who had been in, I think, probably 15 years by the time he came to be my team sergeant. Mm-hmm. The first time, and so in, in the military, we have these counseling, initial counselings where you sit down and basically just lays out the expectations uh, that you have for uh, carrying out your jobs, what you're, you know, what, 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 what you're supposed to be doing and how, uh, and in his case, as the team sergeant, like how he was kind of his philosophy, how he was going to run the team. And the thing that he said to me, uh, and, and it, it's it's stuck with me since, was uh, don't ever lie. And he followed that up by saying, if you lie, then I can't trust you. Mm-hmm. Everything else that you do wrong, uh, mistakes that you make, um, even, and he didn't use these words, but like the sins that you commit, that can all be forgiven. That can all be like taken care of. But if you lie to me, you break my trust. And... I, 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 I can't look at you the same way. And 
that was really crucial for okay he is and he he wasn't again i mean he wasn't a christian um but he was kind of embodying that 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 christ-like attitude in in the sense of as long as you don't betray me i will be yeah. i will be there for you um as long as you don't reject me turn away from me I, i'm going to cover you and i'm going to you know uh have your back and and then i'm going to help you get better but as soon as you break that trust well then then things are over yeah and um, I, I think about that too right like from a military perspective, and I've heard you say this a number of times in front of our troops, but what is the bedrock of our profession? Trust. Trust, right? Yeah. And so if that trust is broken, one of the things that – and this is not part of my wise words, but it just comes to mind when you say it is mm-hmm. trust is the hardest thing to gain and the easiest thing to lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the military – and I, it, again, I've never been special forces. You have been. I would imagine, like, if if trust is the bedrock of the military profession, in a special forces unit, it's that much more important because of how small those units are. Mm -hmm. And so for those to be the words that stuck with you, I think that probably had to serve you quite well throughout your journey with SF. Yeah, definitely there. And and beyond that as well, because, yeah, what was interesting, so we quote the – Trust is the bedrock of our profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came out in a document, um, ADRP one, you know, in 2017. So you know, almost, uh, almost 10 years after I actually had that conversation with sure. uh, the master sergeant. And so, yeah, to to realize that the army says, wait a second, this is everything that's built on it. Um, yeah, and and again, and, and let me clarify something about the the Christ like um, thing. Uh, when it comes to Christianity, Christ does say you, any sin that you commit, I have paid for. Um, and yet the, the thing that keeps you out of his grace is unbelief, which is a, which is really going back to what we talked about, uh, in the fall, uh, Genesis chapter three, it is distrusting what he said about you. So that's always where repentance have to, has to come in. But if you get to a point where you are distrusting so much that you grieve the Holy Spirit, well, then I mean that's you've chosen your your fate, I guess is yeah. if there's a better word for it. So, um, but yeah, trust underlies the the profession of being a soldier, being a military member, and there's also you know even those that are attached to the military in uh, or attached to the army civilian roles and such. Uh, but that's but also I- what. Oh, go ahead. I, I, yeah, but I mean, trust really is the bedrock of every p- profession. Yeah. Right? Like, it's the fundamental mm. almost aspect of humanity. If you can't trust people to get the job done or you can't yeah. trust people to show up and be counted on, then you, you've you lost faith in them. Or there, yeah. there's – so, like, the, you started with trust, and it's like you started with the humdinger, right? Because yeah. it's like well, – Yeah. It's the big deal. Yeah. Well, and you think about – so, uh, and this is an English-Greek thing, but the word – so the word in Greek that's found in the New Testament that talks about – that we translate as faith is pistis. And it can be because it can be used as a verb. Well, in English, we don't really have a verb of, of faith or faithing or yeah. however you want to say it. To faith. We, yeah, to faith. <laughs> so sometimes we go with believe, 
but a, a lot of times we also go with trust. trust. Yeah. And when when we think about, um, yeah, the I, I, I like your uh, that this is a fundamental human uh, reality because mm-hmm. in the in the beginning when God created Adam and Eve, it was there was complete trust. We talked about it, uh, naked and unashamed. Yeah. That is leaving yourself completely vulnerable before God and one another. Yes. That means you're completely trusting in them. Yeah. And so, yeah, that capacity or that 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 that's originally how we were created mm-hmm. uh, is to trust, to have that faith in one another. And then to take it into our time, uh, again, what saves you? Faith alone, trusting what Christ has done for you. Um, but even more, not even more, um, that's the most practical thing. But how we see that play out in our, our day-to-day lives. Uh, yeah, in our jobs, it's important, but the marriage relationship, which reflects Christ and the church, yeah. uh, which, you know, we talked about Ephesians 5 last uh, last time as well. And that, uh, and we didn't really hit on that aspect of it, of, of marriage reflecting uh, Christ and the church, that, that intimate relationship. And so when we think about this, the, the relationship that we have with our, our spouses, um, you know, that that's simply a, a kind of a glimmer of the ultimate and how much Christ loves the church himself. Um, so, but yeah, trust is that, that bedrock of, of any relationship that we have specifically with our wives. And then obviously when we have children, uh, they trust us innately or at least they, <laughs> they, they definitely trust their moms innately because yeah. the, the mom is the one that is providing them, uh, nurturing. I, I, I don't know how graphically, but, but I, I don't think this is too graphic, but a, a, a baby goes to the mother's breast and they, and yeah. the baby knows this is what is good for me. Correct. So that baby innately trusts the mother. Yeah. Um, and you know, the calming voice of the mother, dad you know has to work his way into it but gotta earn our keep right yeah Yeah. i mean in a lot of ways and it's a continual proving of like even though it may not be what you want it's what's best right Mm -hmm. that's kind of something that we continue to tell our kids is our our job is to protect you our job is to love you. Our job is to make sure that you know who God is. And sometimes that does not align with what you want. And right. if that doesn't make us friends, that doesn't make us friends, right? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, I have to make sure that you are protected, provided for, and trained. Right. Like we talked about last week. Yep. Right. Or we talked about and what is a man. And it's just – it, but it's a continual thing, which is why I think sometimes as dads, we're, we kind of – not that we get the burden of it because it is a great responsibility. But, I mean, we are the ones that probably – this is not a knock on our wives because our wives do a mm-hmm. phenomenal job. But I, I think that the first you know instance of structure in, in the sense of discipline and no standard setting mm-hmm. it comes from the dad. Which mm-hmm. automatically kind of puts you behind the eight ball because you're like, no, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that, right? And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. This is how we operate. Right. So. Well, yeah. And even from the example uh, point, because, yeah, children tend to gravitate towards their mothers because yeah. mothers just spend more time. But the example that we set, the standard that we set with our wives and how we yeah. – 
interact with them. Um, again, I think we talked about this some in the, the what is it, man, the, that when our children are going to pick up on that modeling. Mm-hmm. But that also means, yeah, that we have to be the ones to step in and say, look, the this is how things are. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are we are doing this always just as our heavenly father does yeah. for your benefit. Might not understand that right now, but right. that's ultimately we never we never have uh, ill intent or evil planned for you. Correct. Because God never has evil planned for us. God may allow us to go through evil and there is evil in the world that we will face. But God never intends that to be like, I'm just going to be sadistic on you. Right, and, right, right. Um, and, that's, and, and that's never how we are to be toward our children. So, yeah, the trust thing, trust is so crucial to all of that. And that is when that trust is built, then they do follow the standards. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's where the army goes with as well. When we think about if we trust the NCOs, well, when, when I was enlisted, if I trusted the NCOs who were over me. NCO which, is that, non-commissioned officer. Yeah. Sorry. Just make sure you. everybody knows. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, People like me that needed to explain to them. <laughs> right. You know, uh, you, you trusted them and their experience. And like when they sure. told you, hey, you know, uh, you need, you know, you need eight foot of, of debt cord because anything shorter than that, you're going to lose, you, you know, your eyesight or your hearing or whatever, whatever it was, you know, um, th- uh, or you know, whatever the situation was. Sure. Their experience and uh, their wisdom, when you, they, one, when it came true, when you were like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's good. That built that trust with with them and then it was this kind of reciprocating thing and so in same in the household when we say of course you know don't touch that fire it's going to burn your hand and then they reach out and they go oh and it's like i you know not in a mean way i told you so but correct there's a reason i told you yes that i think the more that we build that trust then obviously the better that relationship across all relationships are um going to be so let's move to my first piece of wise counsel and I, I think I need to preface this a little bit because um, when I got out of college as a 22 23 year old guy I had a spell of arrogance I'm not I'm not gonna shy away from that I, I tended to be pretty arrogant um, and there was a book that came out love wins by Rob Bell mm. um, I don't you may have heard of it. You may not have heard of it. But in I, there, he he basically questioned the legitimacy of hell. Mm-hmm. And so I had the opportunity to preach at our church that Sunday uh, on a Sunday night. And so I read that book and thought, our faith is under attack. So I need to give a defense of – a scriptural defense of hell. And I call it the title of the message, Hell? Question mark? Yeah. With an exclamation point. Not, not, I mean, whatever. It was catchy. But at the same time, right? And that week I was talking with the pastor that I worked for. I was a youth pastor at the time. And he just, just very, like, it wasn't a rebuke. But it was a way for him, like a teachable moment for him to say, I just want you to remember that anytime you preach about hell, you should do so with a tear in your eye. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, 
you know, th- 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 there's certain things that I don't necessarily agree with that man about, even to this day. Yeah. He was the pastor I was raised under. I, I do respect him for that. But that has always, like, that is the one thing that I have always remembered from any of the teaching that I sat under from him. And I can't shake it because yeah. it's it's so simple, but yet it is so true. Yeah. Right. There are lost people who are dying and going to hell, and that's not reason to rejoice. There's right. There's a burden that comes with, you know, the responsibility that we have of teaching the scripture yep. and and hopefully presenting the gospel in a way that the spirit moves them to salvation and freedom right. from hell. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, man. Yeah. Cause I, th- I think about, you know, there's a, there's a, again, going back to that law and gospel thing yeah. when that, when, when the law hits, I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's supposed to do is reveal, like, if God doesn't step in and save me, that's, that's my eternal fate. Mm-hmm. It is separation from him. It is eternal death. It is hell. And got to realize the, the gravity of that. Uh, those are definitely, definitely wise words. Um, no. I can't shake I it. Like, anytime mm-hmm. I think, like, again, I haven't worked for that man in over a decade. Mm-hmm. But every time the doctrine of hell comes up or like, I, I'm just like, okay, let's yeah. do this with a heavy heart, not a boastful arrogance. Right. And I was like, yeah, okay. Well, and, it, and there's a, a sense of like, when you read through the scriptures and, you, and it talks about hell and, and Jesus says this, you know, who was hell prepared for? Um, the devil, the devil and, and his angels. angels. Yeah. And so the the reality that mankind somehow ends up there should break our hearts mm-hmm. because it just it reveals things aren't right and yet but then that also uh, again and i think we've talked about this if we've not talked about it on our podcast we've definitely talked about it in in the chaplain's office of course that, that, that when you when you see the amount of sin depravity in your own self and when you see the just the everything that should be awaiting you for mm-hmm. this, and then you see your Savior yes. hanging on the cross, taking that on himself and saying, nope, I'll suffer it so you don't have to. Yeah. That that should bring you tears as well. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he made him who knew no sin to be sin, to exactly. literally embody sin. Yeah. So that we yeah. might become... The, the righteousness. righteousness of God, which your hero of the faith and someone I have a deep respect <laughs> for, calls the great exchange. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, it's incredible. Yeah. That's uh, uh, the other. Sorry, I stole a Luther quote no, from that, you, that, but you're just going to have fine. to deal, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Just going to yeah. have to I deal. Mean, I'm going to probably as, steal as you, some more. As you have said numerous times, truth is truth is truth. Uh, truth so. is truth is truth. That's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, the, the uh, the great exchange. I I don't know that Luther actually said this, but I like it because it's an alliteration. I like alliterations. The sweet swap. Oh, um, there you go. Veg, so 
But I yeah. don't know. I think Great Exchange sounds better than Sweet Swap. That's a tongue yeah. twister in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, that's so. a that's a big time the Sweet Swap. Yeah, the swaps. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I... <laughs> All right. Well, what's your yeah. next set of of wise words? Well, I'll I'll go with with this kind of thought because it, and the it was something I heard while I was in seminary and it just stuck with me, and I'm going to misquote it because. It was set in class, and so it just hit, and I was and I was trying to like yeah. keep it in my head. And so, but one of my professors said that there there's no crash course in catechesis, and what I mean by that uh, catechesis, the best way I translate it is training. It's a Greek word. It means to to say back, to say again. Echo is is a root that's in there, um, but it has to do with teaching, learning. Mm-hmm. And so I, coming from the military background, catechesis best is training. So there's no crash course in training for death, uh, meaning that like your entire life in one sense is always this preparation for death and being ready to meet death. Yeah. And for the Christian, you know that it is an ongoing living of the reality that Christ has conquered death. And so that doesn't mean we're not, uh, that we're, we are, it, it doesn't mean that we, our fears evaporate from it, mm-hmm. but it does mean that we can face death without fear, knowing that Jesus has promised us victory over it. Mm-hmm. And you can't learn that in a 24 hour period is what it was trying to to get it's an ongoing it's it's throughout your whole life um and that's that's really the the, the reason that becomes uh so crucial for us and it, and it relates to what you're talking about with hell is because for those who don't think death is you know they they, they just assume it's going to be far off because they're in good health or mm-hmm. whatever it, that when it comes and if it comes immediately and tragically that's it. Hebrews tells us, you know, man is appointed to die one time and then the judgment. Yeah. And so to be out from underneath that judgment or to have the uh, not be underneath that judgment, but to have that judgment placed upon the one who became sin for us and not held against us. Well, it's not it's not something that you're going to instantaneously go. Oh, yeah. In in my dying breath, I, I, I realize that now. I don't want to take away from like the thief on the cross who repents there uh, with Jesus. But Jesus also, Jesus is there to tell him this promise. You will be with me in paradise for, for us. It, it is the ongoing life of returning to the promise. Yes. God has said because of Christ sins are forgiven. Death no longer has dominion over you. And to deviate from that or to not, continue to be trained in that reality yeah. as you put it, it, it um i think in the, the what is a man uh podcast uh living the gospel mm-hmm. or at least you, you you you've written a piece on that that's that's what it comes down to is that ongoing catechesis for yeah. it so that was and that was kind of what i took from my professor in saying that, that, that this isn't just a one-time one-shot deal and you're you're ready it's an it's a life that is ongoing yeah. in this training. And I I can't help but think of Jonathan Edwards and his resolutions mm-hmm. when you talk about that. 
uh, he he made a number of resolutions that he wrote down, and some of them were this uh, number six: resolved to live with all my might while I do live. Mm-hmm. Number seven: resolved never to do anything which I would be be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Mm. Right. Yeah. His first resolution: I will do whatever I think will be the most to glory to God's glory. Mm-hmm. And my own good, profit, and pleasure for as long as I live. I will do these things without any consideration for the time they take to do whatever I whatever I understand to be my duty and will provide the most good and benefit to mankind in general. Resolve to do this, whatever difficulties I encounter, and no matter how many I may experience or how severe they may be. Yeah. And that's what's... And that's the challenge for us, especially as men, correct? To to kind of see that and live that way. And, and again, what undergirds that though is the promise um, that Christ has conquered everything, all of our foes. And while it may not seem like that visibly, and in the time that we're in, we can live as boldly as those words that that Edwards is sharing, mm-hmm. because Christ has won. And so to again live that live in that gospel correct uh, every day yeah there's another great credo um jack london's credo i don't know if you've ever read that or not um it's obviously extra biblical and and Mm -hmm. not theological but it's really um really inspiring i'm Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna quote it because i don't have it (laughs) um but i remember reading it and it's one of those things that was like yeah okay let's go Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to go, right? Like, yeah. It's one of those things. Uh, to to kind of go that same direction, uh, kind of build off of that, I, um, you know what my favorite college football team is, right? Come on, we've had this conversation. Don't act like you don't know. Wait a sec. Well, I mean, I, just, I, I, I instantly went to the Lions, but... Um, college no, it football is, Yeah, yeah. It is the... Uh, Maize and blue. It is the maize and blue, but it has not always been the maize and blue. Oh, really? And I don't know if you knew this or not, but I actually grew up an Ohio State fan. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, and I grew up in Ohio. Wait a second! Wait a second! Wait a second! Wait a second! Let me let me check my Bible for something. <laughs> oh, that's not grieving the Holy Spirit, but that's pretty close. It, uh, yeah, I know. I got my heart right eventually and turned oh, to good, uh, yeah. yeah repentance. Uh, repentance I, yes, is good. Turned from my evil ways. But I was an Ohio State fan because of a very close family friend who, um, I mean, I called his mom and dad, aunt and uncle. Like, he played at Ohio State when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So we obviously grew up going to those games. Well, when I was in high school and and in sports and and really had my, like, sight set on becoming a collegiate athlete, he was home one summer and we were talking, and he just told me, he said, you have to wake up every day and think that there's someone out there working harder than you they're Mm -hmm. doing one more sprint pushing one more rep on the bench press and trying to take the spot that you're dreaming about and i was like okay nobody can outwork me if i have that mindset and if all of life is training towards death and ultimately what edwards is saying is doing whatever we can to bring the most glory to god then i feel like we got to wake up with the mindset of when I put my feet on the floor in the morning, whatever time that may be, it's time to go. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to outwork me. Yeah. Well, and, and to uh, realize that that's a gift. Yeah. 
you know, and that's something like I always because I did play college football, small college football. We both did. See, that's another yeah. thing we have in common. Just yeah. NAIA Division uh, Two. What were you? Yeah. I was NCAA Division Three. See, so. there we go. Yeah. We're collegiate athletes. Yeah. yeah. Not so um, much anymore. I play men's <laughs> softball no, now. Definitely not. Yeah. Oh, men's softball. My, that's my what knees, I have. Yeah. My knees tell me, no, you're not an athlete anymore. Not anymore. And, uh, but we still yeah. do have fitness yeah. tests that we have to pass. Right. Yeah. But that to have those abilities to get to those positions, to be yeah. in that uh, on that level or, yeah. or or where you can get into that level, that is all a gift. And For that sure. was something um, I wish it, I would have appreciated it. more. Yes. That's, you know what that's, I mean? That's what it is. Like, yeah. I look back now and I'm like, yeah. I got to do something a very small percentage of people, even at the NAIA Division Two level. That's a position that you know not a lot of people get to. I've got a friend who's played Major League Baseball, right? And mm -hmm. like just getting to talk to him, and I'm like, dude, you literally have lived out every little kid, <laughs> except for Coleman because he hates right. baseball. Uh, like right. every little kid's dream of you know, but just being able to like appreciate those things in those moments, yeah. They, you know, I, I ended up getting a little burnt out on football because when I got to college and it was literally eat, sleep and breathe football, mm -hmm. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I, and now I'm looking back like, I wish I would have appreciated that a little yeah. bit more, you know, yeah. I wish I would yeah. appreciate or at least ingrained in myself the ability to like train hard. And train mm -hmm. harder than I think I can. Like that mental yeah. like block that comes in. Yeah. Well, there was definitely so summer before my senior year, my my last year in college, our football program kind of made some changes on like how how they were going to evaluate fitness and just introduced this test that uh, our strength and conditioning coach came up with, and it was it was a pretty good test, but it was also like way different than what I had, what any of us had ever like really trained for. And it included a 400 meter run, um, and like, a, a shut like shuttles and stuff. But the, the 400 meter run was the thing that was like most difficult for me because it was, we had to make it in, uh, I think it was 68 seconds and I was a lineman. So, you know, and that, I mean, that's, that's moving. Well, that's moving. That's a, if you maintain that over a mile, it's a you know, four minute, 32 yeah. second mile pace and stuff. And so uh, I, I bring that up because it was he set the standard and I had to meet that. Yeah. And so it was, OK, I know the goal. I know what I have to do. And I have to I, I have to commit the time to doing this and I have to train myself to do this. And that might mean I don't get to do these other things. But that's that's this is what I want to do. That's the goal that I have to mm -hmm. achieve. And that was that was really uh, helpful. Hindsight, it's, it's helpful. But it, it was challenging in the moment. But it was also, okay, this is what it means to actually set a goal and work at it and achieve it. And I did, fortunately, like when we when the big test yeah. came, um, you know, past that, it was probably the closest to the best shape of my life. Uh, best shape of my life was later when I was in 
the military, but anyway, just had that conversation with my my brother and my my brother in law and sister. They're like, do you think you're like in the best shape of your life right now? And I was like, no. Um, or when, was it when you were playing sports? And I go, actually, it wasn't even then. Like the best shape I probably ever have been in in my life was the summer of 2021 when I was at Fort Jackson. Yeah. Like that was, you know, that was yeah. mandatory fun PT every day. But yeah. like to, to what you're saying about the training, um, again, this is not a brag, but like setting out like goals and having to work for those goals in high school, that, that stuff yeah. that really wasn't exactly. necessary. Yes. Like, and, and this is, I'll just, in eighth grade, I started going over in the spring to the high school and working out with the football team, which meant I threw passes and learned stuff. By the by, the second week of doubles, I was playing varsity as a freshman. Oh, wow. So it was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't have to That's like it. put in the hours at the gym. I didn't have mm-hmm. to like meet this certain, and it, and it, came, and it became easy mm-hmm. to a certain extent. But I wish I kind of would have had a little bit more of that. Hey, there's coming a time when you're going to be at the same level as everybody else. You're not mm-hmm. going to be, you know, the top. Right. Yep. And you have to continue to work hard and you have to learn how to yep. work hard and set a goal to achieve that goal. Yeah. That, so that's what you're saying about high school and, and college. And it really wasn't until that last year of college for me. Uh, but even then, Someone told me the goals that I had to make and it was, you know, going back to high school, mm-hmm. we really didn't have that. No. And yeah, you don't, you're not thinking in those capacities. That's why going back to the, to, to shift this to a, the, the theological, hearing that from my professor about there's no crash course in catechism for death. Um, you know, it's, it's this ongoing thing. You, you realize, okay, I have to every day is training yeah. for this yes. um, and knowing these are my goals. And that doesn't mean, you know, necessarily like I'm going to read the Bible in a year or I'm going to read the, you know, the Psalms every day or something like that. But it is saying the thing that com- that is most important that I need to focus on is my relationship with God. Of course. And from all of that, everything else will flow. Mm-hmm. But in that relationship with God, he gives us wisdom went back to our topic and that's how he wants us to live what he wants us to do and that it is always done for our benefit and most importantly the promise that he's with us uh, that he won't leave us or forsake us that he's Correct. our our good and gracious heavenly <clears throat> father yeah so yeah that going but that i guess maybe my word of wisdom to especially to anybody that's younger is to get into that men- mentality of setting your actually setting a goal and saying, okay, here's where I yes. want to get. And then when you do get to it, say, okay, let's push the bar even more. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and I would add to that is to set your goal, but don't be satisfied when it beats those around you because there's mm-hmm. always other people out there, you know, Maybe this is getting off topic a little bit, but it's like there's coming a time where the playing field is very much equaled and you have to learn how to push yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to 
control your mind and as paul would paul would say take your thoughts captive yep. right we've had this conversation about my running my i struggle running in the military because of legs and lower leg injuries or whatever the case may be but i've i mean this is the hardest that i have had to work at something in a long time yep. and you know because i've been sending you the pictures like i'm trying to get <laughs> yeah. at it this podcast will come out after our uh fitness test that's coming up that yeah. hopefully i'm able to pass you have to be able to take the thoughts captive mm -hmm. push yourself beyond what you believe is your limit yeah in well, everything be, yeah and as paul again says in you know in romans you know therefore in view of god's mercy offer yourselves as a living sacrifice uh holy and pleasing to god being transformed in your mind um mm -hmm. and then also paul paul likes the athletic yeah illustrations Competition. yeah uh first corinthians 9 he talks about uh do you not know in a race all runners run run in such a way as, as to get the prize you know i do yeah. not uh train my body or i don't box as a man uh boxing aimlessly yeah and beating the air i train my body i discipline it so that it, i might not be disqualified from the prize yeah. Depending on whether you take Hebrews as Paul's letter or not, I, I tend to, man, I, tend I, to I go back and forth. I, I, I tend to lean towards Luke. I'm not going to yeah. lie. So I, I, I think somebody, we've had this discussion before. Yeah, and somebody I heard suggested this, that it was Paul dictating to Luke. Yeah, because and, Luke, it, a lot of scholars believe that Luke was actually one of Paul's amanuenses. Yeah. That wrote, you know, because he was with Paul in Acts. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, yeah, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of belief that yeah. either Luke wrote it or Paul through Luke wrote it. Yeah. The Hebrews, you know, let us fix our eyes, Jesus, our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Um, that and, we and that, might or, run the race. Uh, that we might us. run the race. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, That's okay. I got you. Know, you. Yeah. But, but so, yeah, you get those kind of. The, the the sense of, of, of being an athlete, training yourself for that, mm -hmm. for whatever competition is coming up, or even just competing against yourself to, mm -hmm. to if you want to make yourself better, better health, whatever the reasons are, but realizing that, you know, that's very similar to the training and discipline of being a disciple. Yeah. Um, but Paul does say, and this is the, you know, this is where, this is where I, I'm starting to feel it, you know, Bodily uh, fitness or uh, what is it? Bodily training is of some good, but uh, spiritual <laughs> is, is of the much most. better. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, as we get older, so, that verse that's... becomes much more appropriate. <laughs> right, that's a hundred percent true. Okay, yeah. let's go one more word of wisdom each. Okay, one more word of wisdom each, so that we can move into the care and the honor of the podcast, and then get to our words of the day. Sure. Um. So I had several of them. I know. And uh, I'm looking at them. I, I figured you'd be looking at them too. Yeah. Um, so I think since this is about, um, you know, men being men, uh, sure. family and, and fatherhood, uh, I have to go with the thing that my grandfather told me. And I, I didn't, I didn't get it. it, it I, I am, I am learning to live it now. But he told me, and he died back in 2005, so you know, almost 20 years ago. Uh, but he told me a few years before he died, uh, he celebrated the 
70th wedding anniversary with my grandmother. And one of the things that he said was, we made it because I needed her and she needed me. Yeah. And again, I wasn't married at the time, wasn't even really dating anybody. And so it was just kind of like, okay, what, is, what does that mean? You get it now, though. I do. I do. <laughs> uh, and, when and, I and, read that, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Well, and it goes it goes directly back to what we were talking about exactly. in, in what the order of creation. That, yeah, God has made man and woman for each other. And so you realize that need in each other and then when you when you come together as one flesh yes. and have that uh life that begins together in that union you, all of a sudden it is this i can't be myself without her in a, in a real sense um i don't so, even know i don't even want to know what my life would be right now without jessica yeah like i don't even know where it would be what mm -hmm. it would be you know what I mean? Like in a lot of ways, I, I am sitting here and doing this and serving in the mm -hmm. military and all of that because I married her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, God working through that, but I mean, I am who I am because of the woman that God blessed me with. Yeah, and and that's really what when. And we talked about this, again, the relationship between man and woman, Rachel, my wife, when she is so much of a, 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 a sounding board, a mirror, mm -hmm. a reflection, a, you know, she pulls me, uh, one helps ground me yes. so that I, I kind of know, okay, this is what's most important. This is this is how we need to approach things. Two, that she uh, pulls the best out of me, um, mm -hmm. and, and that's really where th the way that I take my grandfather's words now. That's the need that I have because with without her, yeah, there's a sense of I would flounder, and um, you know, I would not be as good of a man if you can call me that um i, I do would, believe total depravity and uh, original sin so i can't say like i'm totally good but in, in terms of you're made uh, because you're christ righteousness we've already correct. talked about this Come correct <laughs> correct and that's what she does is she reminds right. me of that that's yes. the other and to throw a luther quote in here because i can't get a I can't do a podcast without one even no. though you you took one I, earlier. I did steal one earlier that is <laughs> right. correct but but Luther, it's Luther. gonna be a race to the Luther quote in our podcast. <laughs> yes. That's what it's gonna be. We're just yeah. gonna need to keep a scoreboard every week of like uh, yeah. who can quote Luther first, right? <laughs> uh, but Luther says that marriage is is the crucible of faith, yeah. in meaning that that's where faith is formed and built, and then also that your spouse, particularly, he's talking about his wife Katie, uh, Catherine, and he says she is Christ to me. Like, that's what God has put her there to do, is to remind him that, yeah, because Luther, and I'm sure you know this, Luther went through a, a lot of uh, ups and downs and, you know, was would probably be diagnosed with depression today, especially in the, the years of the uh, Reformation where the Catholic Church was like, if you find him, kill him. You know, so for 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 his marriage with, with uh, Catherine, 
he he speaks of it as you know she becomes Christ to me because she is a Christian and so she speaks that word of God to me and that was yeah. something else that we had touched on that living the gospel means speaking that gospel those gospel promises uh, that good news of who God is for you within your family because we need to hear it as well to remind us of, of what we're here to do and, and to again inspire us to carry those things out so yeah 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 that's such a good quote i'm gonna end with something my mom always said and then i found myself repeating it to my children so i knew that it was a wise word (laughs) and it kind of fits everything that we've talked about delayed obedience is still disobedience and she used to say that all the time if i tell you to do something and you do it, but you don't do it immediately, that's still a form of disobedience. Mm -hmm. And you need to obey. And I've heard myself repeat that to my children. So I just wanted to end with a quote from Rhonda Riley. Get the (laughs) shout out on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Mom, for making me repeat that to my kids, I guess is what I want to say. Okay, so let's move into care so the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge we've talked about that we read it from Mm -hmm. proverbs but we also read that the fool will say in his heart that there's what there is no god no god so how do we honor this wisdom and make sure that we're not being a fool yeah and so definitely with the the care portion in terms of you know where does sin show itself and how does how do those things affect us First, the temptation is, and again, this ties into all the illustrations that we've been giving and uh, with trust and then with training uh, in the life of a Christian. The temptation for us is to give up on God's word. That's all that Satan ever wants us to do. Uh, that's all that uh, the sinful nature that we inherited from Adam mm-hmm. wants us to do is to give up trust in God and and to make ourselves God. And so if we do that, that makes us foolish because then we're, we are uh, saying, no, God, I don't, I don't want to be a part of what you are doing. I want to do things on my own. It's Romans one, right? It's mm -hmm. replacing the creator with creation. Giving, exchanging the truth for a lie. For a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's the that's the temptation that is around all of us. And I bring that up because I'm not sure our, our demographic of the people that we're reaching. But, you know, there might be a temptation for you fathers, especially to say, you know what, I'm tired from yeah. working all week. I don't really want to go uh, to church on Sunday morning. You know, uh, it's it's late and I don't, you know, or or at dinner or whatever. And it's like, you know, let's just get to eat and let's not pray. You know, that's, I I bring that up because that's just kind of a routine to pray before eating. Or, you know, I don't want to spend time in the word. I don't want to spend time my own prayer. I don't want to, to do those things with my, with my family as well, because that is our responsibility. And over time that eats away at you yeah and eventually that relationship with god that you have 
it, it just kind of becomes this optional thing. And it's like, ah, you know what? I think I can do life on my own. And That's at that point, you are saying, ah, I'm taking the place of God. Yes. And I, it's so interesting you say that. I don't want to go to church. I don't yeah. want to pray for me. I don't want to spend time in the Word. Which if you take the inverse of that is I want to do X instead of. I mm -hmm. want to do X instead of this, right? Which if we read in Isaiah when Satan fell from heaven, there are seven times in like three verses that he says, I want to ascend. I want to do this. I want, mm -hmm. And he replaces himself, like you're saying, yeah. with God. And it becomes this moment of saying, no, I, I know a little bit better. I mm -hmm. am essentially a golden calf that is being erected and can replace the creator. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm going to serve. But as we talked about and as you can read on the blog of the society's need for knights, manhood yeah. matters, society's need for knights, the number one thing for us to be good men and for us to be knights and bring this, you know, resurrect chivalry in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. deny yourself. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. don't want to, guess what? Deny yourself. Yeah. Is it Mark eight thirty four that says, if anyone wants to come after me, mm -hmm. let him deny himself, take up his cross. And then yeah. Luke nine twenty three doubles down on that and goes, if any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself daily. Yeah. Take up his cross. And yeah. follow me. Yeah. If and we want to honor this and we want wise wisdom, the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. Knowledge is wisdom, especially when it comes to God. We cannot replace creator with creation. Yeah. And have this mind among yourselves that that was also among Christ not, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Though he did not count equality with God something to be grasped, he emptied himself taking on the form of a servant. Yes. And that's in, in John the baptizer, you know, uh, Baptist, he, you know, <laughs> that's where we got whatever. our roots from. Darn it. <laughs> right. At least that's what I've been told. It's uh, not true, but it's right. what I've been told. Golly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But go ahead. Must, get in the comments, Baptist, and tell uh, us how I'm wrong. Right. He, <laughs> He must increase. Uh, I must <laughs> yeah, decrease. Thank you. I did not mean to derail this. Right. That's that's fine. And anytime uh, I can take a shot at the denomination is fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it is this continual of uh, denial of self, and that's and uh, so Matthew uh, ten this past weekend uh, was the gospel reading at at my church, and uh, Jesus says, you know, whoever loses his life. Uh, well, for my sake, we'll find, find it. it. And and yeah. so there's this real sense of you are not one. You've been bought with a price. Yeah. You're not you your own. Just going to say so, that. Yeah. Uh, so two, the life that you lead now is not for yourself. Mm -hmm. It is actually a losing of yourself and being found in the love and service to your neighbor. And yep. in doing that, that glorifies God because that's how he designed things. Exactly. And so it is it is definitely this um you know going out uh, finding finding yourself in everything that God gives to you mm -hmm. uh and recognizing that it is his that he's given it to you so and 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 I to put that in concrete terms 
finding yourself as the husband to your wife, mm-hmm. meaning you act as the husband to your wife. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Uh, for your children, uh, as the father to your children, your heavenly father gives you good gifts. What should you be doing for your children? And and discipline is a good gift. Um, you know, for your community, that you are called as as men to lead to make the community flourish. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, a word that I've I've heard numerous times throughout the last several years of like. Yeah, why don't we talk about life that way? And that our Correct. responsibility of as as families and groups of families in in a, a church community, but then that church community in a larger community larger. is to is yes. to get life to flourish. Well, and it, and it's interesting because I mean we were talking. And I just told you I read the uh, I read a book called Martin Luther and the Reformation: How a Monk Discovered the Gospel, and and one of the key parts of the 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 beginning of that story, uh, the story of Martin Luther is kind of, you know, him, him training to be a lawyer and then going away into uh, becoming a monk and then realizing, wait a second, this isolation is not how we were designed to serve yeah. God. Mm-hmm. This, in order to serve God, I have to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I have to love my neighbor as myself, which means serving my neighbor, which means doing life with – I hate that term. Why did I say it? <laughs> Dang it. Which means you know, experiencing life together in a community. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's so important that like when we talk about, okay, being – the hands and feet of Jesus. Another cliche. I can't believe I said it again, yeah. but it is true, right? Like our our part in serving God and bringing mm-hmm. glory to God is doing life in community yeah. with our neighbors and loving and serving them. Right. And there's no better way that we can set an example for our family as husbands mm-hmm. and as fathers than to do so. Yeah, and oftentimes. That requires denying yourself. Yep, and and getting to the to, to take the community side of it. When that becomes routine, uh, and and the going to church, reading the scriptures, praying, um, being the model uh, husband wife husband father for for the when that that becomes routine that builds the better community. But then that's also the, um, Oh, I just had a thought and now I've lost it, but that, well, it makes things flourish uh, Mm -hmm. is, is ultimately where I was, was going with that. Um, but that's the, when you deny yourself and you find yourself in those roles, fulfilling those roles, helping things flourish. And then that gets passed on, Correct. to the next generation yes that's that's kind of where it's going is uh because that that is really we think about what is why is it important that we become wise it's not so that we can just hoard it but no. so that we can share it with others yes. and and that kind of gets to the the second part of the care that I, I was thinking about with so we have the temptation to give up those things on god to become the fool by not being in the word being in prayer being in a community of believers together to celebrate this. Um, we talk about communion as mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, literal 
eating a bread, drinking a wine, um, whether that's, you, you know, how that's practiced in your all's congregations, you know, that's, that's whatever. But the, the point is that it's coming together in that community and, and that helping to shape and form and to uh, continue to uh, pull us away from the sin that would tempt us, the sinful nature that would tempt us away from God. Mm-hmm. But that's also in doing that, the, the effect that that will have on the sin around us, meaning, and by that, that doesn't mean that it's going to solve all the problems. That's not what the church is here to do. The church is here to help and to extend God's blessings as the church has been blessed to those uh, who are in need. That's what we're called to do, love and serve our neighbor. But uh, that affecting the, the, the wisdom that we gain from God's word that we share in in that community, that wisdom seeps out into the larger community, even including unbelievers. And then again, life flourishes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we were not created for isolation Mm -hmm. and we have to be, we like, I don't know how to put a better stamp on it than to say, when we are in community, that's where life flourishes because mm-hmm. it is correct. Yeah. But whatever we can experience isolated will be magnified if we are doing it within community. Mm-hmm. And we have to do it within community. So let's move to honor. Um, yeah. and, I, and I believe, you know, Ecclesiastes 3 mm-hmm. is kind of the, the proof text of <laughs> what we're talking about here. Um, so how can we honor then the legacy of the past with wisdom, but then also the legacy that we are trying to create in the future, as we've talked about honoring being that, how can we protect that as well? Uh, So Ecclesiastes three, and the reason I kind of chose that as what I thought uh, would help with our wisdom is Solomon recognized Solomon, the uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes, probably towards the end of his life, or yeah, or at least later in his life, as he's reflecting back on things, uh, recognizes everything that happens happens according to God's will, and, and happens according to His design. Even the evil things that are there happen, and, and there's debate on this uh how you want to come down on it that god caught uh that god is allowing it or that god is actually causing it and again uh to quote luther luther says that even the devil is still god's devil and so that the the and why why he brings that up is that the devil doesn't do anything that god doesn't allow him to do precisely Uh, uh, did i say that right yes yes Okay. Yeah, I mean, oh. Job one, the the sons of God still, you know, yeah, present themselves to God, right, and nothing is done that God does not yeah. allow. So, which so is the, why I always say that good and evil are not equal and opposite forces. Correct, because they are not equal and opposite forces. Correct. Evil is still subject to the sovereign good. good. Yes, exactly. So in Ecclesiastes three. Um, Solomon starts off, and it's the famous verses, there's a time um, for everything mm-hmm. under the sun. And so we recognize that the, the patterns in this world, 
that and that things that happen, there are times for that time for peace, time for war, um, a time to plant, a time to harvest, and, and and recognizing that in the creation, in the design, in the flow of things, there are seasons that mm-hmm. that occur, and to recognize, you know, that we are affected by that. Uh, for men, there's a time to be young and to be uh you know a little careless a little reckless maybe not have the goals that we want in mind set before us but then there's a time to mature mm-hmm. and to realize okay uh you know whatever whatever i did or didn't do uh, this is where i am now and how is it in this spot i'm going to glorify god i'm going to serve my neighbor i'm going yes. to carry out what he has given me to do and then as progress from there you get married and you have a husband and that season changes. And now it's not, you're, you're, you have to gain wisdom to be a husband, but then you're also, as that progresses, you're going to be the ones that are the examples to other younger men. Mm-hmm. And obviously when you have children, you're going to be the example to your children. And as you progress beyond that, it's still this, uh, now you, even though you've moved into a new season that, you're still gaining wisdom, but then passing that wisdom along. Um, and then the, the rest of, of uh, Ecclesiastes 3, I'll just read this. What gain is the worker for, for his toil? I have seen the business that God has given the children of man to be busy with. He has made, made everything beautiful in its time. Yeah. He has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat, drink, and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. And so recognizing where God has you right now, this is a gift for you. Yes. And that's part of the wisdom of the fear of the Lord mm-hmm. and realizing God's put me in these positions. We talked about it several times sacred vocation of husband and Correct. father um, but even just to be a man, man in the church and the need for yeah. uh, men to to step up the gift yes. that it has been given to you as a man and to plug your uh, masculinity matter or manhood matters, manhood I, always, matters. I, keep, I always screw that up yeah, six manhood. one way half a dozen the other <laughs> yeah uh, the, your original post on manhood matter, matters uh talking about the the army values and and how those still apply even to those who aren't in the army correct these things are good things for us to aspire toward so i i always my mind when you when we read through ecclesiastes and we we read that section of verses it's just phenomenal is the story of esther right Mm -hmm. and when mordecai tells her who knows if you were not brought to the palace for such a time as this yeah. And in in though in the moments when you don't have the answers as a husband or a dad, or you find yourself amid struggles, who knows if you've been brought to the place for that specific time and for that specific reason, mm-hmm. knowing that Christ has promised, I will never leave you mm-hmm. and I will never forsake you. And if we want to build a legacy and we want to honor the legacy of the past and we want to build a legacy uh, that honors God in the future, 
we have to remember that we are here for such a time as this. The mm-hmm. wife that we've been blessed with, the children that we've been given, they are that time for us right now to honor, to serve, to love, and to train. Yep. Let's move to our words of the day. All right. What do you got for everybody? What's your word of the day, Chaplain so, Geraci? I think we should start playing a game and like okay. uh, to see, you know, if, like how it gets highlighted in in our conversation. Because uh, uh, with with the words of the day, I, I it's I, I choose them beforehand, of course, but it's always like weaved in, and so it's like the you know the game would be can the audience figure it out? So, <laughs> but. Uh, that will do word... that. We'll do that when we go live on YouTube. All right. Yeah. When we do when we do a live show, yeah, we'll have everybody guess what our word of the, the day is going that, to be. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good. That's that's, that's a good how goal. we play the game. That's a good goal. It's a good goal. Game. We're setting it now. Yeah. So, uh, my word of the day: uh, experience. And this again goes back to that quote that I shared from um, CFW Walter about wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. experience. Um, you know, the experience is a great teacher. And again, to refer to what uh, Solomon's saying here in, in, in Ecclesiastes, that the the experience that you have in life is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Um, even, and this is this is a hard one for people to, to grasp, but even suffering yes. is a, an experience. And we, we talked about this in Romans 5, that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. Um, we, we talked about it today with denying yourself and taking up your cross. The cross is suffering. Crosses are meant to do one thing. They're meant to kill you. Yeah. Um, meant so, to suffocate you, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grueling, well, horrific death. Exactly. And so it is It is suffering that 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 is part of our life. But experience also is the joy and realizing this is what God has given to me. Um, seeing my beautiful wife and saying, "This is she is a gift from God." My children saying, "They are gifts from God." The community that I'm in, uh, of the people who call me to repent when I need to, and who also speak to me the gospel when I need to hear that. Mm-hmm. that this is a beautiful gift, and that's part of the experience of life. And it's through those things and through that complemented with the word of God that the Holy Spirit teaches us and makes us wise. Mm-hmm. So experience is my word of the day. That's a good one. I think people would have been able to guess that. <laughs> Probably. Probably. All right. So uh, Chaplain Riley's word of the day is discipline. It's one of the quotes that I did not share, uh, but it's something that literally hangs on my wall right over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from a guy that you may know, you may not know, Chaplain Dracy's just getting introduced to him, but his name is Jocko, and he was a Navy SEAL. But one of his big things is discipline equals freedom. And I think that for us as husbands and dads, it's a huge responsibility. And if we are going to handle that responsibility well in a way that glorifies God, then we have to be disciplined. We have to find a way to discipline ourselves. But let's think about that word for a second, and I want to give you props because you told me this. What's the root of discipline? Well, it's the same root as discipleship. 
So if we are going to be a good husband and if we are going to be a good father, then in order to do those things, we have to be a good disciple. And who we are a disciple of is going to matter the most, which is why following Jesus Christ is the only way to love our wives well and to serve our children well and to train them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And as we disciple ourselves and as we disciple our wives and as we disciple our children, we're bringing discipline in, which ultimately brings freedom. We just celebrated it on July 4th for this country. But Paul writes and tells us that wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to get that spirit without discipleship. And we must disciple and we must discipline so that we have freedom. That is going to be my word of the day discipline not in the negative sense but in the positive sense of training and discipleship and love some wise words from you i might have thrown yeah, a couple in there i think so but hopefully you have enjoyed the third episode of two chaps pod if you do like it make sure that you've liked and subscribed on youtube you can also follow us on spotify or apple Podcasts. you can follow give us a rating there we would appreciate it we will see you again uh, next week for another edition of what soon will be hopefully your favorite podcast <laughs> the two chaps pod we will check you all later Hey everybody, just want to thank you once again for spending some time with the Two Chaps Pod today. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you've liked and subscribed to our channel. Pound that bell for notifications so you can be notified when our latest content drops. If you're on social media, we are all over the place, including the brand new threads from Meta. And I do want to remind you, for longer content, including pre-show and post-show audio, make sure you've subscribed on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Two Chaps Pod, and until then, stay uncultured.